kind of went about my day for the next four days and my symptoms progressed and got really worse. So it started off with me not being able to lift things with my left hand properly, not being able to open doors. And then while I was on work experience, I would get dizzy and stumble. And then I started to kind of get pains in my head. I went to the doctors and automatically trying not to worry me and my mother he sent us to the hospital and he said I needed to be checked out immediately and for me I was like oh it's nothing serious they're just taking precautions because I'm young and it's probably like something so simple that I'm going to be in there for an hour and I'll come home and everything will be fine. They basically kept telling us that it was an infection or something like that and at one point my mom just turns around to the doctor and goes if another person comes up to me and tells me it is an infection and it's nothing to do with the brain I'm going to scream and then one of the doctors turned around and was like no it's neurological there's something wrong with her brain and then from that moment on it kind of all went downhill. <laughs> Headway is a lifeline for people with brain injuries and people that have suffered stroke that do attend like I owe everything to Headway I really wouldn't be here where I am right now without them. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Childhood stroke affects five out of 100,000 children a year in the UK. Children from 28 days old to 18 years old may experience weakness or paralysis on one side of the body, facial drooping, speech problems, and headaches. Let's hear from Shannon Ree Maher from Limerick, who suffered a stroke at the age of 17. Life was really normal. I was the typical 17-year-old, really. I was still in school and I was studying to do the leaving certificate. And I was on work experience at the time. And I remember just getting up one morning and, like, my left side just wouldn't work. I continued on with the day because I just thought I slept funny on my side or something and it just caused numbness. So I basically just got up and went on like because I was 17. I was just a normal 17-year-old. I didn't think that it was anything serious. I didn't actually go to the doctors until four days after I got my first symptom because I never liked doctors. So I kind of went about my day for the next four days and my symptoms progressed and got worse. So it started off with me not being able to lift things with my left hand properly, not being able to open doors. And then while I was on work experience, I would get dizzy and stumble. And then I started to kind of get pains in my head and still I just put it down to me stressing over the leaving cert, me stressing over school, that I didn't think anything serious was going on. And it wasn't until a few days later when I wasn't getting any better that I was like, OK, I need to, I need to go to the doctor because I think something's wrong here. I went to the doctors and automatically, trying not to worry, me and my mother... He sent us to the hospital and he said I needed to be checked out immediately. 
And for me, I was like, oh, it's nothing serious. They're just taking precautions because I'm young and it's probably like something so simple that I'm going to be in there for an hour and I'll come home and everything will be fine. But then we went in and I got worse again. I couldn't write at all at this point and my coordination started to go. And then when I was in A&E, they did a load of neurological tests and they really decreased and my mobility decreased and everything. And I remember loads of doctors coming round and my mum was going mad because no one was telling her anything. No one was telling us anything because I think themselves, the doctors couldn't believe what was going on like. So they basically kept telling us that it was an infection or something like that. And at one point my mum just turns around to the doctor and goes, if another person comes up to me and tells me it is an infection and it's nothing to do with the brain, I'm going to scream. And then one of the doctors turned around and was like, no, it's neurological, there's something wrong with her brain. And then from that moment on, it kind of all went downhill. Shannon Ree spent three weeks in hospital. They were really slow to diagnose me. I had every test imaginable at that stage and nothing was showing. And then all of a sudden they decided to do an MRI scan and it showed that I had a clot in my brain. But they didn't diagnose that until after me being in hospital for about two weeks. They kind of gave me a few medications and stuff because they thought it might be related to my cholesterol or something. And then once they did diagnose me, I did more tests to see where the clot could have come from. But everything came back clean. Everything was coming back that I was a normal, healthy 17-year-old. But I miraculously and strangely somehow had a clot in my brain that no one could explain. That's something I still kind of struggle with is not knowing the cause. And every time I ask, they're always telling me that I may never know the cause because all the tests I've had are just coming back clean. And they say that's a good thing because... It means it's less likely that I'll ever get another stroke. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to know where it came from and kind of why it happened. It's kind of just the unknown that kind of really affects me. Luckily, I was 17 when I had the stroke, so I automatically got seen straight away because I was classed as a paediatric stroke. So they kind of, they give you the services much quicker than you would if you were an adult, which... I do think is wrong because the first few months of after having a stroke are vital and they're the most important stages. So my rehabilitation services was with the children's services in Newcastle West and I saw a counsellor and then I had rehabilitation of my hand to try get that working again and all that stuff. And then about four months I turned 18 and everything stopped. So for about six, seven months, I wasn't able to do any rehabilitation because I was on waiting lists. And in the meantime, in between that, I broke my weak ankle in two places. So I was in a cast for about three and a half months, which even made me getting rehabilitation on my leg, the waiting list for me even longer because I had that injury. And then once I did get the rehabilitation services, they were only for 12 weeks. And then after that, they kind of give you a plan and list. And luckily within those 12 weeks, they said I got as good as I probably could get, but to keep trying at home. And if I do have any more problems, I could just reapply and go back on to rehabilitation. 
But the list is just so long that I think they just don't have enough support and they just don't have enough services in Ireland, in Limerick, to, to kind of support the amount of people that do have strokes. Shannon Ree's stroke meant she had to finish school early. For me, that was the worst time of my life. Like, I literally thought my life had ended because... For me, I always knew I wanted to go on and do study mental health since I've been about 15. Um, my plan was to study mental health and maybe become a mental health nurse or become a counsellor or something. And then at 17, when I had the stroke, I suffered a lot with my cognitive abilities. So my concentration deteriorated. I suffer a lot with the fatigue. I suffer quite a bit with processing information. I did try go back to school after it. I went in two days a week, but I just realised after a while I couldn't do it. I couldn't catch up with the work, so I had to drop out of school and I was absolutely devastated. I remember just walking into the principal's office and completely crying my eyes out with my mother beside me because I literally thought my life was over. I didn't think that I would be able to get an education and I really I really just thought that this was the be-all and end-all at that point. So it was around maybe a year and a half ago, uh, a year and a half after the stroke, that my mother is a carer. So she'd heard of this organisation called Headway and one of the people she looks after attends Headway. And she came to me and was like, look, there's this place called Headway where you can get back into education and they can help you with understanding a brain injury and understanding what happened and do you know um it'll be a great support for you and I remember turning to her and I was like no I don't want to go I refused to go and I remember her dragging me in the car and through the door and I remember the first time I set foot in headway because there's so many different people with mild to severe brain injuries and I remember just thinking oh my god what am I walking into like I don't belong here and then luckily with headway I finished with them January this year and I got level threes and level fours and then with the help of headway I did two evening courses in a level five and then I did a one year level five social studies course and then I started this year um, my degree in social care work at level eight. So I did get there and I am there, but it's a lot of hard work. I'm thankful to Headway for everything. Like, I really don't think I would be where I am right now. I don't think I'd even be on the road to getting my degree yet if it wasn't for Headway because they give you so much support and so much guidance with kind of helping you to get through what's happened and if you need anything they have three different training programs so there's one for people that want to get back into education get back into work there's ones that just want to go there you know just for kind of a rehabilitation service where they just do daily things but they'll never be able to go back to work or education or anything so really headway is it is a lifeline headway is a lifeline for people with brain injuries and people that have suffered stroke that do attend, like I owe everything to Headway. I really wouldn't be here where I am right now without them. Shannon Ree's stroke turned her life upside down. She had to drop out of school and doctors have been unable to determine what caused it. Coming up in the second part of Stroke Stories, 
Shannon Ree, on how the stroke changed her relationship with her father. And for a long time, up until about the end of last year, I didn't really get on that great with my dad because we just kind of butt heads all the time and we, my personality kind of changed, whereas now I'm more outspoken and I, whatever comes to mind, I say it. And whereas before I was very reserved and quiet. And so me and my dad, we just kind of bickered a lot. And her future goals. I do want to go on and work with people who have brain injuries. So that is one of my biggest goals at the minute is to get my degree in social care and help others who have kind of been through what I've been through. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Let's hear how Shannon Ree's stroke affected her emotionally. For so long, I was so upset and heartbroken and I didn't like myself at all for so long because I was one person one day and then within a few hours I completely changed into this new person that everyone had to figure out the new me and I had to figure out the new me and I kind of kept a lot of my feelings to myself and then a year, two years after I had the stroke I created a blog that's where I kind of put my thoughts and feelings out there to kind of raise awareness about paediatric stroke and how strokes don't just happen to older people, that young people get them too. And with that, I kind of went on radio stations and stuff and spoke a bit about, you know, what it's like having a stroke at a young age and how there needs to be more awareness about it. And through the social media I met so many inspiring people and it kind of just helped me understand what's happened and kind of helped me come to terms with it by talking to other people. My family have basically been my rock there very much open and honest they kind of always have been and it kind of wasn't a situation where they were like shove it under the carpet and act as if everything else is normal now it was kind of like this has happened everything is going to be okay it's going to be so difficult but we'll get through it it has been hard and for me the hardest thing was how much pain I knew it was kind of giving my family about what happened to me and how much it hurt them that this whole life change happened and how my parents kind of knew that I'd never be a normal person again. Well, whatever normal is, but they knew I'd always be a person with a disability now and a person with a brain injury and that I wouldn't be able to kind of just have fun and let go. Like most young people my age, I always have to be cautious and careful. And for a long time, up until about the end of last year I didn't really get on that great with my dad because we just kind of butt heads all the time and we, my personality kind of changed whereas now I'm more outspoken and I whatever comes to mind I say it and whereas before I was very reserved and quiet and so me and my dad we just kind of bickered a lot and argued a lot and 
I think it was very hard for him to wrap his head around what happened and come to terms with what happened that we kind of take it out on each other whereas I hated what happened to me so I take it out on him and he couldn't understand what happened to me and he didn't like what happened to me so he kind of took it out on me so we kind of just constantly bickered a lot and the amount of tears we've had over it as well is just mad but a lot of families are in the same situation. And how it has changed her. I'm definitely not the same person I was before the stroke. I have changed, 100% I have changed. I've become less inclined to let people tell me what to do because I've had to deal with so many kind of grown-up situations of talking to doctors and being in grown-up situations and mainly being around people that are mostly twice my age because most people that I've met in person have had strokes. They were in their 40s or 50s. So I've kind of matured a lot quicker than I think I would have if this hadn't have happened and it's made me a a lot stronger and it has changed me I I think it changes everyone everyone that suffers a stroke it does change them it does because you're not the same person you were because of that traumatic incident you are different than you would have been there's still a lot that I do have to work on and as me and one of my friends say we're always like the road for stroke recovery is never really ending because some of your brain is dead like some of my brain is is dead so you kind of have to manage of how to do that and your energy levels and everything wouldn't be as good as people that have 100% function of their brain so the recovery is forever and the effects of it are forever some people do make a really good recovery but for me a lot is to do with pain management because you wouldn't think I'd had a stroke because my physical abilities are quite good. I do suffer a bit with left-sided weakness, but I can walk, okay? But what I suffer with a lot that does take a lot out of me is my nerve pain. I do suffer from very severe nerve pain and I've tried numerous medications, but none of them seem to work. So for me... I think that's going to be the biggest challenge probably for the rest of my life is kind of dealing with the pain and how to manage it and trying to find something that actually works so I can get a good night's sleep so I can function somewhat normally without having to constantly be in pain. My main goal at the moment is getting my degree because I do want to go on and work with people who have brain injuries so That is one of my biggest goals at the minute is to get my degree in social care and help others who have kind of been through what I've been through. That's just the number one thing I really want to do is kind of give other people support because I know when I was going through it, I didn't have great support by professional people. So it's something that I really think needs to be out there and I'm that's my main goal in the future. Shannon Ree believes that during recovery, you shouldn't be too hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up too much over how you've changed because I know that's what I did an awful lot at the start and I was like, I should be able to do this and I should be able to do that. And then eventually I realised, hold on, I've just had a stroke. I'm lucky to be here. I will get there eventually. Every day is a new day. You can't do everything at once and if you can do something yesterday and you can't do it today, 
it's not the end of the world. You're just having a bad day. So you just need to go easy on yourself and not put too much pressure on yourself to be able to do things that you could do before. For a family member, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And sometimes I think it's harder for the family than it is for the actual survivor because you're going through it and your family are going through it, but you somehow what forget about who you used to be beforehand, whereas your family, they always remember how you were. So I suppose for the family, it's just don't feel like they can fix everything because it's not something that they can fix or they can 100% make better. It's something that the stroke survivor kind of has to do on their own but they do need the family and friend support. They need it 100%. So for the family to just be there for when the stroke survivor needs them to be and to just always support them because it is hard and I think you always need support of family and friends. Despite the setbacks caused by her stroke, Shannon Ree has made amazing progress. She's on track to finish her degree, which will enable her to help other stroke survivors. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. It was as though I just went really, really dizzy, as though I was going to faint. And the left-hand side of my body, it was as if it was, like, vibrating. It just went completely numb. I couldn't stand up. My boss at the time, she tried to give me some water. I couldn't drink it because I couldn't feel the left side of my face. So it just completely came out. And because of where I was, I was like in custom of you. So there was two colleagues that helped me up and moved me to the back of the restaurant. Please subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episodes you hear to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share with us, please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Listener.